The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will, and as usual, I'm joined by my good pals and co-hosts, Hodgie and Gray. How are you, lads? Good evening. Hi, dear. Yeah, I'm all right, thanks. Hodgie's had a few beers. Legend. Right. Gray, how are you doing? You've just come back from a, a few days in Ireland, haven't you? I have a nice Irish wedding. Yeah, so involved much, much whiskey. Many, many whiskey. Yeah, it goes down like water. Irish whiskey is... Just, yeah, might as well be water. Uh, talking a big game now, just remind us, I mean, you told us about two minutes ago, but remind us how long you slept yesterday? I think it was over 14 hours. <laughs> I mean, are you are you nocturnal? What's the crag? Like, are you okay? Are you alive? He's got jet, yes. he's got jet lag from that sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Each day we ate and drank our body weight in food, wine, whiskey, beer. Tell you what, Smithix, if you've ever been to Ireland, Smithix is a great pint. I'd say almost better than Guinness, controversially. Whoa, that's yeah. now you've gone too far now. Gone too far. If you have a Smithix with a Guinness head, now you're talking. That is a, that's a hell of a drink. No, you cannot beat a, a fucking Guinness Paltrow. Anyway, more importantly, Hodgie, <laughs> what's your go-to Mackie D's meal? Oh, oh good shout. What am I doing? Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Yeah, <laughs> didn't think about that did you no i did because yeah breakfast you've got fewer options so it's an easier one aye. so let's go let's go dinner which by the way in the northeast is your lunch aye large sweet chili wrap meal bottle Oof. of water to be healthy and if it's cooled an apple pie all right so what's your actual Mackey d's meal because you, you're not getting a fucking bottle of water don't <laughs> fucking do. try because it's on a I podcast do. it's recorded i do bottle of water do you yeah. get, i tend to get a bottle of water as well Right. I mean, so so do I, but I'm just trying to get to <laughs> We're modern people, man. We're modern people. <laughs> I, and also, it makes you feel better about eating all the shite McDonald's as well. It does, <laughs> yeah. I have at work, I have McDonald's Mondays. So every Monday I go to McDonald's drive-thru. Okay. Just, just to start my week off nice, I suppose. No, I was just drinking Especially Mac- if it's, you know, when you get the Monopoly bits as well, they're the best. Oh, you're not living long, are you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gray, what's your go-to McDonald's meal? Perhaps be a five chicken select meal. Was that it? Like what? Knee bun, knee chips. No, it's a knee meal. Carbs. It's a meal. It's a meal. You get. You well, that's assumed with the meal. Yeah. Aye. That's that's it. Aye. Five chicken selects, bit of barbecue sauce, and what's your drink? Water usually, unless I fancy something Water. sweet. In which case, I go for probably a chocolate milkshake. Ooh. Oh, okay. So you're an eight-year-old. Cool. Thanks for asking, guys. I sound like a right fat fucker now. Mine is a <laughs> <laughs> a medium Big Mac meal with water, and then. <laughs> 
Only medium. Oh, medium? Aye, but you, you've not heard what else is coming. Okay. <laughs> and 20 chicken nuggets. <laughs> 20 chicken nuggets. <laughs> and, and this is for your dinner? No, for my tea. My evening meal for all of those that are on from the northeast. Aye. 20 chicken nuggets. And what? It, here's another one. Secondary question. Supplementary question. If you're getting your 20 nugs, what sauces are you getting? Let's go Hodge again. Oh, I mean... I do like a sweet and sour sauce with the nugs, like. Aye. Four of them? What? F- eh? How many with sauces tw- do you. With a 20 box, you get four, you get four sauces. Four little. Handful of each. Oh. I didn't know I was getting more than one option, like. Aye, well, you, you're not just getting one carton of fucking sauce for 20 nuggets, are you? Oh, well, I just like the flavour of the nugs, to be fair, like. But if you want me to keep going, I'd keep going. <laughs> I'd, I'd have a catch up with it. And then I'd probably have a barbecue. I'm not, not not a big fan of the curry sauce that comes from Matty D's, like, but loads of people go mad for that. I'm sure you go for mad for that, Will. Nah, that fucking curry sauce can get in the bin. I just get four sweet and sour dips. Mm. Yes, sweet and sour. Sweet and sour is a shout, like. Cheers for asking. Uh, I like barbecue <laughs> and sweet and sour. <laughs> you like barbecue and sweet and sour? Aye. Well, th- again, thanks for telling us. Neither of us asked, but that, I'm glad I know that now. <laughs> Now all I want is fucking Mackie D's. Like, I shouldn't have done that. Also, shouldn't we shouldn't record before dinner as well? Uh, it always makes me dead hungry. It's six o'clock in the afternoon. What time are you having your dinner? Like seven, seven thirty. Dinner's lunchtime, man. Oh wait, yeah, he's got us again. Call yourself, Jordies. Oh, wait, it's half past. See, I'm, see, I'm just eating food and it, mate. Uh, anyway, right, we're back. So we're back again. We've missed two fixtures, as is the case. We've got two very different stories that they're like. <laughs> So we've got best of both worlds, I think running order for the show. So in chronological order, we'll go through our first victory of the season. Big up Newcastle United against Burnley, 1-0. And then we're straight off the back of our 4-0 hammering to Leicester. Leicester love a day out against us, don't they? They just mm. love playing us, even with a squad that's completely decimated by COVID. Especially fucking James Madison. Oh, a goal against us. Even, I think even without James Vardy, who scored... 18 oh, James, goals. James Vardy. Is that Sorry, James, James, James Vardy. Giving him his Jamie, full name. Jamie. <laughs> James Andrew Barnett Vardy, <laughs> uh, who scored 18 goals in the last 18 appearances against relegation sides. Wow. <laughs> didn't, even, well, didn't, yeah. even need him today, didn't even need him today, man. Didn't even need him. Good old Jimmy Madison. I think we should buy him in January just so he stops scoring against us and stops playing so well against us. We, we did the same with Ryan Taylor, didn't we? So Yeah, true. Yeah, true. Coming back to our original saying, I think it's probably the motto of the podcast and should probably be the motto of Newcastle United. And it's, uh, it's the fucking hope that kills you isn't it <laughs> so we'll come crashing back down earth i guess we can probably get straight into it were you boys at the burley game i was no i was watching it hodge got my ticket oh did he yeah oh wow well i didn't steal it off of you. We, you you went and played hockey so it was free yeah i wish i hadn't <laughs> you played hockey rather than going to the first win of the season i didn't know he, well, he didn't know it was gonna be a win did he I mean, it's Burnley. Regardless! It's earlier this season on penalties. What I'd give for a fucking... Um... Anyway, sorry, Hodge, you were at the game. Well, you obviously weren't watching, Greg, because you were playing jolly hockey sticks. I was watching. <laughs> I got back in time to watch it. Miss the first 20 minutes. Okay, so you watched some of it then? Yeah. Right, okay, great. Glad we've got that sorted. Fucking <laughs> hell, man. It's going to be a tough one, this one, isn't it? Woo-hoo! Anyway, right, so first one of the season. Absolutely gassed. Hodgie, do you want to talk us through the events of the match? Quick summary or synopsis of the game and we can talk about the plus points. Yeah, kind of started off a little bit 50-50. I think the first 10-15 minutes was was very end-to-end, I suppose. Johan Goodmanson managed to get a shot off the post at Burnley, which, to be fair, was a fair strike, just clipping the other, the other side of the post, so it bounced away, which is handy for us, because otherwise... 
it would have been a, it probably would have been another long slog of a day. And then we had a couple of injury breaks. Mankia went down, Shaw went down, and it seemed deadlock might not have been broken until half time until Callum Wilson popped up after forty minutes to to kind of put us ahead. And it was a it was a crazy moment. I think inside the stadium, the fans were again great at home. Like the last couple of games, it was just quite quite magical to have everybody actually fully in one voice, getting fully behind the team. There was no kind of getting on top of anyone, making them kind of feel a bit shitty and, and whatever and it was a really good feeling going in the second half one up obviously gave us a bit more gusto going forward and Burnley kind of crumbled a little bit they just didn't seem like they really wanted it until really late on when we made some kind of more defensive substitutions so we put uh, Fernandez on after 85 mm. and then took ASM off at around about 90 minutes and put Jacob Murphy I think there was about five minutes of added time and those last five minutes of added time were probably the worst five minutes of all season because it was just Burnley 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 just going mad for it but we had enough people behind the ball and to, to see it out which was which was great I mean I would like more of a convincing win over someone mm. who is there down with us at the end of the table but 1-0 you know what absolutely take it three points well, absolutely you take it in you three points in the bag they've done they've gone out and done their job clean sheet as well which i think is uh maybe overlooked Variety, a little variety. bit yeah mm, exactly yeah and clean sheet dubs back in the team good good performance up and down the pitch i think yeah total game of attrition towards the end like just absolutely mm. pepper in the box as burnley do callum wilson's goal i think it was if you're a Burnley fan, it's a very controversial one. I think Nick Pope comes out, tries to grab it in the air, drops it, and well, he jumps almost onto. I think I don't know if it was Lascelles or if it was Sh- if it was Fabian Share. Shaw got the assist because he, yeah, he smacked did. it did off he? his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah Shaw got <laughs> the assist. <laughs> oh, you love to see it. I wonder if they get like a monetary bonus for that assist. That'd be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. But uh, he comes, tries to claim it. He makes a total mess of it. He's kind of jumping all over Share. Drops the ball. Callum Wilson, with his first touch, takes it completely out of the way of everyone. And a really, really, really nice finish. Yeah, great finish. If you're a Burnley fan, are you annoyed about that? What, what, I mean, what are our thoughts? Gray, I know you're captain controversy on the podcast. Do you think there's any controversy around that goal at all or totally fair goal? I think it's a fair goal. So, yeah, if you look at the build-up in play to that goal, you see that Shah is actually manhandled by, I think it's Tarkowski. And you see his shoulder is, is like he's being grappled to the floor, which is why he's not jumping and why Nick Pope jumps, grabs the ball, and then he's got two players in his way. So if that's if the goal's reversed, it then has to be a penalty to Newcastle, in my opinion, just because it's a clear foul on Sher and he's not able to jump. Yeah, it's kind of harsh a goal. He's got his hands on the ball. If we were a Newcastle fan and that happened against us, we probably wouldn't be best pleased. But we fucking fuming. It is unlucky at the end of the day. Like he has come down, he's got two hands on the ball, but he's not in control of it because he He's jumping against his own player and Shah. I think he is in control of it. He just literally bounces it off his head. Fumbled so it. it yeah. it's, it's not Shah's foul because... Shah's just stood there, man. He stood with his back to goal. The keeper moves the ball to his head and it pops out. And then yeah. when the goal goes in, Pope goes mad at the referee and the referee just goes, eh, just literally shrugs his shoulder and goes, well, you dropped it, you dick. Like, <laughs> that's how yeah. it ends. Like, yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is fair. He is in the air and like, when I say not in control, he's not in control of his body more than anything. Yes, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think the mindset I was in going into that, I mean, I'm so like downbeat about refereeing decisions and VAR and everything. I've just convinced myself that it would be chalked off yeah. because <laughs> that's just the way things go for us in this instance. But uh, thankfully not. Thankfully the goal stands and thankfully it was the only goal of the game and we, we end up winning that one. We'll move on to the Leicester result, unfortunately, begrudgingly. Uh, but one interesting one, lots of talk of us being interested in James Tarkowski. 
the Burnley centre-half. Don't think he did it very much in that game to impress me. It's not can't say I watch him very often, but really? on a slightly different tangent, like, well, yeah, well, I mean, he's not had a stormer of a game. He made four blocks, shot on target. He threw himself in the way, like, he was everywhere in front of goal. I, I, thought, I thought he played quite well. Well, why don't you just go marry him then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back to the point. So I think Gray's shown his hand very early. My, my question is going to be, is James Tarkowski the kind of player you would like to see us bring in in January to shore up what has been so far a very weak defence and terrible defence this season? I think, Gray, because you were, you were so in love with James Tarkowski, we'll start with you. I thought you were going to be, because you're so in love with him, Hodge, you can go first. <laughs> so I thought you were going to say it. Gray, do you think James Tarkowski is the kind of player we should be bringing in to shore up the defence in January? I, I think there's one thing we need to do to shore up the defence, and that's to drop Lascelles, personally. He's an upgrade on Lascelles. I've not watched enough of him to see what he's like with the ball at his feet, but he plays with Burnley, so I can't imagine he's great. Well, and he's I very highly rated. Well. There's, there's been lots of talk of like Leicester over the last few years, you know, willing to pay 30 million quid from him, and, and there being lots of interest. And there's, he's always talked about in every transfer window about moving away. I think as you've, it's a good point there. Like, first of all, yes, he would be an upgrade on Lascelles. However, against Burnley, Jamal Lascelles got in Alan Shearer's team of the week. I don't know how. Like, I don't know how. I honestly don't know how. I thought he was really steady. To be fair, pretty steady performance and didn't do anything wrong. Evidently, we've got a clean sheet. Let's wait till we talk about him today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, the tale of yeah, two, tale of two Lascelles. I think there, uh, Hodge. Just to round it off quickly, James Tarkowski, what are your thoughts? You've said he's been touted with like Leicester and he's also being flirted about with uh, being like an England oh. national as well. So I, I just I just think he's in the wrong club right now. And Newcastle might not be the right club for him because to be honest, it's not great. But if he if he could get put amongst a, a half solid defence, it could he could be a very decent player. He's probably even better than maybe his Harry Maguire because he's more mobile and Everyone would be hard though, would it? Yeah, everyone used to think that he was absolutely class, and I think he's got more to give. It's just unfortunate he's in he's in a Burnley defence slash team where they're not scoring goals and they're shipping a couple a little bit kind of like us. But I, I think it would be a good solid signing, and I would take him. And I'd probably, well, Gray mentioned before, probably drop the cells and, and slot Tarkovsky straight straight in. Two players I wouldn't be sad, overly sad, seeing go in January be Jamal Lascelles and Kieran Clark. And then that, that frees up some space for another couple of centre-halves, which I think we desperately need. What were you mm-hmm. What were you going to say, Gray? Yeah, I think just watching him on Saturday, he was everywhere in front of goal. He just popped up and like I said, he made four or five really, really good blocks uh, from, I mean, yes, we're shooting from distance, like John Joe and I think yeah. Joe Linton had a couple of long-range shots, but he's just in the right place at the right time. And that's what I think. He's just clearly got a really good football football brain. And I think that's what we're lacking sometimes. And mm. Yeah, I think I, I completely agree. If I it'd be really interesting to see what he'd be like in a in a good team, solid defence. And like I said, I've not seen enough of him, but he, he's certainly a, a big upgrade on what we've got so far. Just look at us compared to, to Burnley. So we've got a minus 17 goal difference. Burnley have a minus seven. Yeah. And to get less than minus seven, you have to go up to 13th place. So it just, it just yeah. shows that his influence must help along with everyone else in that team. I think Ben Mee is also Ben Mee as well, yeah. I think he's a good defender and I think Nick Pope's a good goalkeeper as well apart from his mistake against Newcastle. It probably would have ended nil-nil. I think he's a, I think he's a good person to bring in. Whether he replaces Kieran Clark, whether he replaces Cher or he replaces Lascelles is not up to us, that's up to Eddie Howe. But mm. I think it would be a good 
a good start in in terms of rebuilding the team to make it more steady. He's in his like mid to late twenties, is he? Late twenties now. I think he's either twenty eight or twenty nine. He is twenty nine. Yeah. He's also quite dangerous in front of the opposition goal, like for corners, set pieces, whatever. Big old slab head. He can. Uh, he's he's commanding in in both boxes. But yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves. I mean, I think it'd be a good one to see, just because. Mm. And the only reason I bring it up is because of all the talk in the media. And it's all clickbait. At the minute, of course it, it is. Mad. Well, we've we've been. I think we have about five thousand Eddie Howe's first signings already, yeah. <laughs> which doesn't yeah. seem to make any fucking sense. But I think we'll we'll come on to that in a bit. But I mean, talk about James Tarkowski being interested. You know, Leicester being interested in him. Leicester being the club we've just played. So we're coming to you straight after the Leicester game on Sunday, twelfth of December. What a segue! I know, right? Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> this ain't my first rodeo, graced off Leicester. A team that we we never ever seem to get a re- really get a result against. As I say, the squad heavily impacted by COVID, um, but they still managed to put out a very strong team. I think we're all watching. I had to unfortunately dip off at about seventy five minutes when why? it was two. When it was two, yeah, no- why? why? What were you doing? Who are you with? So I had to dip off at seventy five <laughs> minutes <laughs> when it was two nil. I then asked about fifteen minutes later what the final score was, and it was four nil. Excellent. Thanks very much. Thanks for ruining my Sunday. Does she listen to the podcast? Is that why you're not saying anything? Who? Who you're with? Your date. Anyway, as I was saying, so yeah. Who was going to have a date during Newcastle match? I left it two nil. It finished four nil. Uh, I mean, we're, we're all watching. What do we? I mean, where do you even start with something like that? We're going from absolute euphoria of our first win of the season. You you think great team was unchanged let's carry let's build that momentum prior to the Burnley game you know we've got a couple of draws it's not been dreadful since Eddie Howe's come in performances have improved massively Joe Linton was firing you know Callum Wilson being the reliable player he is and then we've just come crashing back down to earth haven't we and then even further what went wrong um I know it's a very open question but Hodge I know you're quite vocal on the, on this on the match especially do you want to kind of kick us off of where it all went wrong today it was a great chance today to capitalize on a, a Leicester team that have been very up and down I mean their last the last three competitive fixtures before us was a loss to Napoli a loss to Villa and a draw to Southampton and you, you're thinking that we've, we've literally got a chance here to to try and do something and it was fully squandered due to our absolute ineptness at the back they didn't seem to have much threat in the first 20, 30 minutes. And then from that point on, it was it was quite dangerous from there on. And we had no threat going forward. It was it was very strange. I think what happens, or what you need to say here is, kudos to Brendan Rodgers as being actually a really fucking good manager. He dealt with having an injury very early on. Of, uh, Johnny um, Evans. Johnny Evans going off injured. And he went, right, okay, we're just going to have to rethink what we need to do. And he did it so quick to make Leicester get back on top from probably about 20, 25 minutes on. We just didn't look like we were anywhere near damaging or putting the ball in the back of the net. It was just quite a a sorry sight compared to what we've witnessed over the last kind of bit. I, I, I mean, I was in the I was in the pub with, um, with, with Breaky and I just said, I think the honeymoon period is over now. This is where we need to look and be like, okay, so tactics and, and players involved running up the January what needs to happen, what needs to change. And I'm sure Eddie Howe is already probably on top of that because of the way that he works. It's just it's just mm. it's a sad situation to see ourselves find be, be found in when we go four nil down to let a, a weaken Leicester at this point in the season. It it really, really bugged me this game and I just see no no clear cohesion between anybody. It was was very, very poor. 
yeah, poor all round. Again, Gray, we're coming to captain controversy here. Like, I think there was a controversial moment in the match, and unfortunately, it was the first goal. This phantom penalty that seems to have come out of nowhere. Do you want to talk us through the penalty? You know, well, not just our thoughts, but the thoughts of the pundits and, and everyone else. I mean, talk us through it. So. We start with a ball at a goal kick and we stupidly lose it in midfield, I think. And Madison picks up the ball. Leicester about, I think, three on two at one stage. And then Jamal sticks out a leg to try and make a tackle. Madison's passed the ball to Tielemans. And then as soon as he's kicked the ball, he jumps in the air. And you see it quite a lot now or you did a couple of years ago before VAR came in, where players leave, jump and leave a trailing leg. And mm-hmm. there's no way they're going to make that next step And they, in order to make contact with the defender. And that's exactly what Madison has done with Lascelles there. And he's absolutely bought this free kick. He knew exactly what he was doing. To be fair, in all fairness to the referee, you look at it in, in real time and it does look like a foul. But when you slow it down, and this is what VAR does and is supposed to do, it's supposed to identify when a player is simulating or looking to buy a penalty. Everything about that decision was wrong. Yeah, it's, it's a player simulating. If that was Miggy, one, the penalty wouldn't have been given in the first place. Two, VAR would have looked at it and said, that's not a penalty, even if it was given. It's just inconsistent. You saw penalties being given left, right and centre yesterday. I think one was ruled out for something very, very similar. I could rant about it for hours, but the inconsistency, it's an absolute mm. shambles. And it's supposed to be cutting out things like this and players aren't being penalised for, for what is blatant cheating. And don't get me started on Tielemans, who basically pleaded to the referee to give it and the referee just stopped the game. Because Tielemans could have had a shot. Mm-hmm. He had a clear shot on goal and he's just stopped. I said, that's a penalty and the referee's given it. It is what it is, but I feel we are very unlucky. Yeah, I think you've uh, touched on something important at the very start and it's we've got ourselves into that situation. We've got ourselves into trouble. If you cut out the mistakes and the errors and you don't get yourself in that situation, we're not having this argument. We're not having this debate afterwards. Like You've played out the back. You've played poor passes. You've put John Joe in trouble. They've jumped on him, three men on one. They've forced the error, and it's come from us playing out the back, and we're just not the team that plays out the back. I mean, we, you can try and force the system, but we don't have the players to fucking do it. We've got ourselves in that trouble. Again, totally agree. It's not a penalty for me. He's, he's looking for it, and it's so obvious, and I think the context of VAR as well, especially when you slow it down, that's where often we, we get in trouble the other way around, where they slow it down, it makes it look much worse. But this case, slowed it down, it's just so fucking obvious, man. Again, if you're going to give a player an excuse to go down in the box, that player's going to fucking take it. And Jamal's just like the aircraft fucking carrier he is. He's just got himself in the way, and then he's given Madison that excuse to go down, and it's a fucking penalty. And yeah, absolute shithousery from Yuri Tielemans, but a good penalty from them in the end in terms of dispatching it. Hodgie? With that penalty, even in real time, you can see that he's jumped into his legs. But for later on in the game with some of the goals, I think it was, it might have been Dakar's goal. No, it wasn't Dakar's goal. Who scored before Dakar? I can't remember. Anyway, one of the goals was it, it gets headed down and someone plays a ball first time through after a little kind of tackle situation. Ball gets played through for Dakar, but the way that If you watch it back, the way that... Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lascelles turns. He doesn't anticipate. So he's, he's very flat-footed, just facing forward. He's not turned ready to run for action. And Dakar's just way ahead of him and thinks, I'm going to get a chance here. And, and half takes that run forward. And Lascelles literally turns to his right 90 degrees, stops, then turns one and goes, oh, fuck. I probably should chase this. Did you actually it, just it, wait? Did you actually just turn your head as you were saying he turned his head? Yeah, you went. I was trying to relive what he'd went through because I, do, I don't fully get it for a, a Premier League centre back who a couple of years ago would have been like, "Oh, we're really hard hard on him because of he's not got into the England side." But if you can't anticipate the danger, like most of the centre backs would, that's really fucking poor. And I thought he was absolutely shocking today. It gives him more fuel to be like, just drop him. And get and get get him out of the team at the minute. Get Fetty in. Bring back Fetty. Bring Fetty. Oh, mate, get Fetty in any yeah, other week at the minute, man. <laughs> Where Fetty hasn't played after the eighty minutes against Norwich is beyond me because he was yeah. one of the best, if not the best player on the pitch in yeah, those eighty minutes. And he's right. yeah, he's being. It's, it's yeah. not about alienating people at the minute. It's about picking the side. And if Lascelles feels alienated that he's the captain of the club and he should get picked every week, he's he shouldn't be the captain of the club. He should be like, you know what? I'm the captain of the club. I want the best for the club here. The club needs to pick the player who's going to play better, and I'm not in the right frame of mind off or off uh, form to play now. Feddy needs his chance, and Feddy did well, and Feddy needs to now jump on that and go forward. Safe pair of hands off Feddy Fernandez. Mm-hmm. What more he needs to do, or what else needs to go on apart from a four nil fucking drubbing away from home to get him back in the fucking team? But and Leicester were shit as well. Leicester were really shit. We made them look good. Fuck. The first half was not necessarily reflective of the second half. I mean, they get that penalty. They're very lucky to get that penalty. And then we, in the last three, four, five minutes, we're all over them. But then it's just nothing else after that. It's just nothing else. I mean, we're talking about during the match as well. Sam Maxima, again, really nowhere until the last five minutes. Um, not doing his tracking back, not doing his defensive work. Joe Willick was all right. He had a, I mean, he had a couple of good shots, but... Again, got a bit lost. It's just a bit of a, a total fucking lacklustre performance today. And then it all came crashing down in, in the second half, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gray, have you got something to say? I just wanted to get your thoughts on something which I was reading before the match. That was that everyone was slating Shah after the Burnley game. Everyone was raving about Lascelles. And for me, I think it's the wrong way around. And that... Yeah, Shah didn't have a great game against Burnley, but he offers us so much more than than someone like Lascelles. People were calling for his head like before the match, and I think a lot of people were surprised to see him start. And they wanted to see someone like Lascelles and Fernandez start. I guess more of a question is, who do you think are currently our best centre half pairing is, or do you think it's three at the back? No, it's Shah and Fernandez. <laughs> yeah, same. I think Shah Fernandez offers, <laughs> offers way more. Like. Lascelles can't play a ball. He's not under how what we're looking for right now. He's not a positive playing defender. He won't look to 
let's let's see if we can make a pass or keep possession and work it. Lascelles is not that player. Um, mm. I'd rather see him get a drop than have Shaw and Fernandez play the two CVs. Yeah, just to finish the answer, I think for me they're both very slow, Lascelles and Fernandez. But Fernandez is old and wise and can read the game, and I think that's so important. Mm-hmm. He reads it and he knows when to start making his run. He knows when to step up. But Lascelles doesn't really have that. We've said it a few times now. Like he's just totally lost his fucking mojo. Like he's not got the pace. He's fairly young, but he just doesn't have the pace. And he doesn't seem to be able to read the game effectively at the minute or can command that back line. Whereas I think Fetty brings that experience and command. And then you've got the, obviously the creative output of Fabian Scher as well. I was sat there at the Burnley game. Great, you're like this because no one knows Nick, right? But Nick's great stepdad. And Nick says some very strange and weird and wonderful things about Newcastle <laughs> players every now and Don't again. And he went, he, he said to me and he went, you know what, Lascelles is actually really quick for what he is. And I was like, are you fucking joking? I was like, Nick, you've had way too many beers before the game. You don't know what you're talking about right now. Like, I was like, Lascelles is slow as fuck, man. He's, yes, he's good in the air. He moves like a fucking articulated lorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Sorry, Gray, what, what were you going to say? Completely agree. I, I think I touched upon it earlier, just saying that Lascelles just doesn't seem to have a football brain and that someone like Tarkowski would be a huge improvement on him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I find it worrying that, yeah, Eddie Howe is renowned manager, but I don't get why Lascelles has come straight back into the team. Someone, for me, who's offered absolutely nothing this season is Willock. And Will, you mentioned that he had a couple of good shots, uh, which he did. He had... Had good... I had one tipped over the bar, didn't uh, No, no did keep it in, touch um, it. Oh, it was just, just missed yeah. it. Didn't hit the target from the yard box. That's yeah. diabolical. Uh, on his left foot as well. He's, he should be hitting the target. Last season, he, he would have scored there. But I don't know what's mm-hmm. happened. He's playing in that holding midfield role alongside John Joe. If he's going to be playing anywhere, he needs to be playing where either ASM or Joe Linton kind of play in that free role just ahead of the, of the midfield too. And... It's just painful to watch because he's offering nothing. Yeah, Hayden for me has been one of our best players. I know we all three of us love Hayden, and he's done done nothing to to be dropped. And for me, if we if we want to solidify our defence, we need someone like him playing alongside John Joe. It goes back to the days mm-hmm. where we had Kabai and Tiote, and Kabai was playing that quarterback role, and Tiote was the enforcer. I can't help but feel like we need that. We need someone who's going to be making those tackles, playing that deep lying defensive midfield role which Hayden is so, so good at. And he also has the quality on the ball for me. Just to build on what you said, you're actually speaking some, some decent truths here this week, Gray, which is, which is different for you. <laughs> I think you're totally right in that Willick is being played out of position. He's just not a holding midfielder, is he? Or he's not that, that two that sits behind the three. He's part of the three. You've seen his, his potency and what he can do when he's played in a more advanced position. You saw that at the back end of last season when he's ultimately kept us up and that's the danger he possesses. I feel like he's being pigeonholed into that position and because of the tactics we're playing, he feels like he has to play there, whereas not under Bruce, but where Bruce was playing him, he had a bit more freedom Mm -hmm. because yes, he was a bit more advanced, but he was also everywhere. But I feel like he's being told to kind of, right, stay here stay here, don't lose your shape, stay here. And he's missing that kind of creative element or he's missing that kind of allowance to go out there and, and kind of do what he does. So I think it's it's definitely a positional thing. His quality's there, but he's not the enforcer you need. And the enforcer you need in that position is is Isaac Hayden as Yassir. I'm sat here nodding like it was going to be a fucking YouTube video, but it's not <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah, man, you're, you're speaking some truths, preach. <laughs> Thanks, man. Go on, Gray. Last season, he's reminiscent of like Steven Gerrard in his younger days where he would crop up. He would... <laughs> 
claim, bold claims. <laughs> it was, he'd crop up right at the end edge of the box and he'd score headers from like the penalty spot. He was, I think he scored more headed goals than he did uh, with his feet at the end of the last season. Like a young genie Wijnaldum. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, very similar player. He was like a young Maradona. <laughs> <laughs> just, just used his head instead of his hand. But no, like, ah. so yeah, like, he always had that sense of, he knew where the space was around the box and yeah, we did, we, He's not able to to use that instinct, which yeah, is almost unfortunately I feel being trained out of him a little bit because of where he's having to play. Yeah, I think it's I think it is positional, and I hope that doesn't suppress his his creative output, as I say, and that we can find a position that suits him. I mean, if it's more playing him in that centre attacking midfield role. But another question, I mean, obviously the forgotten man at the minute and his contract's coming up soon, and there's been talk of whether we renew his contract with Sean Longstaff. Does Sean Longstaff have a future at the club? Does he have a future under Eddie? How? What do you what do you think, Hodgy? I think both Longstaffs have no future in Premier League football. Oh, interesting. That's bold. You've taken the, the mantle of Catherine controversy. <laughs> Matty fucking Longstaff can't get a game at Aberdeen at the minute, and his mm-hmm. manager the manager of Aberdeen's come out and said, Well, you know, he's not good enough to get in the team, that's why he's not getting enough time. They thought he was coming to their club to be a bit of a star player. Yeah. And he's literally given nothing. And I think I don't know. I think Longstaff has had a bit of a hard a hard doing because outside of the top six clubs in brackets, Longstaff, when he's played, he's actually been one of the best players in terms of tackles and interceptions. In the first kind of half of the season, or, well, coming towards the half of the season, he hasn't really played many more games really now, but he was he was actually really up there. But what, what do you see Longstaff being? He's not really a CDM. He's more of a, a person who should be able to get forward a bit more. Well, do you remember his best game was against Bournemouth when he got injured, but he'd scored a goal and it was when we thumped Bournemouth like four or five mm-hmm. and we absolutely thumped them and he'd been the best player on the pitch by far, but got injured. He's a great player against Bournemouth. No disrespect to Bournemouth. But if he was a great player against a Chelsea, if he was a great player against a Liverpool, that's a baller. That's a player. Aye, but what I'm saying is that's when we saw him in probably what was his yeah. best oh, yeah, position yeah. and that's oh, why yeah. he played so well. And he's not been able to play there. It's far much more than a problem in terms of form and a problem in terms of, oh, have you got the right coach for him? I just I just don't see either of the Longstaff brothers having a good premiership career. Championship, yeah. I think you could probably really slot in, but there's a lot of players that have fallen into that category. Look at Dwight Gale, look at Alexandra Mitrovic, for example. Yeah. Like They've fallen into that category. And it's just unfortunate that they do because they're obviously very good players. They're just not in that top elite tier. Gray, I'll, I'll come to you in a sec, but again, touched on something really strong there. But it's for how long are we going to continue making excuses for players that just aren't good enough for the Premiership? I okay, mean, add Miggy to that. All right, fucking hell, fair enough. Yeah, we get it, Hodgie. You don't like Miggy? It's fine. Leave the poor man alone. He's shit. He's shit. I don't know. give a how fuck if he's he, nice. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't win three points by being nice. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we sit here for 45 minutes or whatever hour, you know, an hour long record, and it gets chopped down considerably. <laughs> uh, and we talk about, you know, he's not being played in the right position. You know, this is that we should be playing this guy. You know, he's the best player. Is it just best of a bad bunch, Gray? Like, I mean, surely at what point do we just have to admit that our players aren't good enough for the league? and that we just need a, a total revamp of the squad now that we've got all these hundreds of millions of quid to spend. We need to look at back to when we almost first got relegated and we made a lot of signings of very good championship quality players to get us promoted. And we did the same the second time we got relegated. And once we got promoted that second time, we didn't really reinforce the team the core of the team and when I say the core talking about the centre backs your well defence in general your centre midfield we invested a lot of money in players like ASM Midi Joe Linton but they 
even Dubravka, I suppose, we, we were desperate for a goalkeeper invested in, in that position. But Can I include Dubravka in that, though? He's actually good. Yeah, it's true. But, we, uh, but on, on the day, they are good. Yeah, we, we didn't invest in that core, and we still got a lot of players, I think, who played in that second season in the Championship. And they expect us to be a Premier League team. We are very much a Championship squad, struggling to stay in the Premier League at the minute. So, roll on January. Mm. I'd love to know... When the last time we actually bought a player from a Premiership team, when we're in the Premiership, you know what I mean. All of our Damien big... Duff, probably fucking hell, <laughs> fine, <laughs> probably yeah. uh, someone it will probably be someone like Fernandez or fucking Shelby. But that's when we're going down the the Championship. But you know, we've been missing that proven Premiership experience for so long. Joe Linton from Germany, ASM from France, Martin Dubravka came from, was it, uh, was he Sparta Prague? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maggie I mean, from America. Kieran Clark was, Maggie from MLS, exactly. Kieran Clark from fucking Aston Villa when they were, when we went down. I mean, it's just not good enough. Not proven premiership players that can do a job and, you know, you know exactly what you're buying because they're, they're up to speed with the league. They're ready made. How, for how long have we waited on players to get up to speed in the league? Like Joe Linton, we've waited nearly a hundred games for him to get nearly firing. It's just not good enough, and I think we need to be looking at proven players in January that are actually going to keep us up and know the league well. Hodge? It's part and parcel of of what has come from the last 14 years of ownership. Some people, of what I have heard in stadiums and in pubs, they're already getting on the on top of Stavely, PIF, Ruben Brothers. Like, it, it's not, this is not their fault currently. Like, they, they haven't had an, an ounce of say in what our team currently can be. If we go down... Hopefully we don't go down. If we do go down, there is going to be a rebuild. I don't. I don't really see us having too much of a problem in in the championship if we can really recruit right and just go to the players and go look. If you're towards the end of the career, don't mind paying you X amount to be a player in the Premiership, but I'll give you a massive bonus if you can get us back in the Premier League. If someone needs the bo- if someone needs the bonus to incite them or make them play better to get back to the Premier League. There's only one. There's only one team that would be able to afford it, and it is Newcastle right now. It's it's so weird to say this that I don't have a problem with Newcastle United at the minute because I fully feel there is going to be progression, even if we need to dip a little bit. It's like when you go into kind of stocks and shares. You know, you're going to have some days where you go down, but you know, if you trust in a business so much that it's going to go up again, that's how I feel. Like I feel with the PIF, it's going to be even if we go down, we're going to have some sort of bounce back. It's going to get good. Again. I was looking. I was looking for a way to question that tenuous link between stocks and shares, but yeah, was... the more I thought about it, the, the less I could I could actually challenge it, which is well done, well done Hodge. Oh, thank you. Cheers. Uh, nice <laughs> one, Ed. Another point, if we bring it back to the Leicester result today, I mean, you've got Leicester that were heavily impacted by COVID admissions and people missing and stuff, but you know, even their supposed, in inverted commas, bare-bones squad, you've still got like James Madison, Yuri Tielemans, Castagna, Schmeichel, Johnny Evans, you know, They've got a, a secondary team there. What's what's our secondary team? I mean, we don't have either the quality. We don't have a first team. <laughs> exactly. We don't have the quality in our first team. We don't have any squad depth whatsoever. We've got no one to come off the bench and make a difference for us. I mean, we just need to, first of all, get rid of all the chaff, get rid of all the shite players. They can go to the fucking championship where they fucking belong. And we need to bring in probably a whole new team. 
I mean, it's it sounds ridiculous to say, but you know, we probably need upwards of ten players to come in and and really have a squad that can mm. challenge and stay in the league. Key positions we need. I mean, we need a left back, a right back. We need a centre half. Gurley were probably all right. We definitely need a couple of centre mids that are quality for the champion. Sorry for the championship. Lol. <laughs> I've already got those uh, for the Premiership wingers. I don't know. Probably all right. You could do with an attacking midfielder to come in there and, and really take us on to the next level and then you need some support for Callum Wilson there's just no getting around it you're right Hodge there's no way you can get into the PIF and, and Stavely and Howe and everyone because ultimately they're the, they're the saviours and they're the future mm-hmm. you need to be looking at the long term not the short term we, we all know those fans in the stadiums and the pubs that will do that and will you know will get on their back straight away but you know, it's a long-term project and it needs time we need to transition and we need to as I say completely mop the decks of all the shite that's been here beforehand. Mm-hmm. Alex! I had a point, but I don't know whether to mention it or not. It's completely wrong to be getting on top of our owners because, like say, they've inherited this squad. And, well, this club in the way it is, and I think they're probably a little bit shocked at the amount of investment they've had to make. And they've already made tens of millions of pounds worth of investment, whether that be cleaning the stadium, improving the changing room facilities, having that little side room, sponsorship deals. They've spent a lot of money on the club so far, and they realise how much they need to spend. And we just need time. And like I say, if it does involve us dropping down a year, I really hope the owners don't react too quickly and sack someone like Howe. Because I think for me, Howe, we need a manager like Eddie Howe to to build a team which is going to take us forward and reacting and getting rid of him with three months to go. It's probably far better for us to drop down a division and come back under the same manager than it is to react when we're... 10 points adrift and you know it's almost too late. I also think Howe is probably the probably the best we're going to get ultimately if you think about it. We've already mm-hmm. tried tried to go higher. Went for someone like Emery and Fonseca and then we're all very happy with Howe I think still but Hodgy, you had your hand up. I was just going to go on the point that Gray made there saying like got that kind of trust in, in the kind of youth stuff and, and not really get too involved like look at Leicester for example today they had some youth come through and they're also still sitting comfortably in the top half of the table even though they've come from the lower leagues of of League One of recent and they've got that Dewsbury Hall that came in and then they had oh, what was his name the Thomas Luke Thomas played left back for them like both like players that have come through the academy and the young players there's obviously a time period where they've they've had to reset and go two division, uh, well, kind of, I suppose, three divisions if you count the Premier League all the way down at League One to then really come back. I don't, I don't think Newcastle need to go that far or, or will go that far to really rebounce, but to really push something into, into development in the area is, is only going to be great. And the PIF has said, and Stavely has said, it's, it's about patience. I think with Newcastle, it's going to be a lot of patience to get any kind of real good success. We have enough in terms of money right now to right the wrongs in the back areas to make us look better in the future if that makes sense and <laughs> it is about patience and some some fans will not get that patience yes sir it's the one thing you can't buy in football time no time or fan patience yeah uh, we're here for a good time not a long time you know what i mean like, <laughs> we're not even here for a fucking good time at the minute are we <laughs> nope. crashing back to earth like being a shit football club again we're going down i reckon I reckon we're going down now. I mean, unless... you got an- another problem. If you bring in 10 players, you know, five to 10 players that are going to change your squad, you've got to, you've then got six months of them to bet in. You know, you've got six months of them to adapt to the team and you've got, I think, just bringing too many players in at once is is almost as detrimental as, you know, the shit we're playing at the minute. But there you go. Anyway, I don't want to dwell on it too long because 
I don't want to be in a bad mood for the rest of my Sunday. Speaking of bad moods, I mean, we're coming to you on Sunday. We'll be recording again in a week's time after we've we've played our two easy fixtures. First one away at Liverpool on the on Thursday the 16th of December and then we've got a nice cheery Christmas fixture. We've got Manchester City at home on Sunday the 19th of December. So I can confidently say that we're not going to get any points from those two games. <laughs> <laughs> we've then got fucking Manchester United on Boxing Day Boxing Day. So the 27th of December and then we've got well, I'm going to say the return of Rafa but we're going to Goodison Park on on the 30th of December to play Everton. I mean, yay. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. I mean, is Everton the next, you know, reasonable opportunity for us to get any points? Probably. We'll see what the lay of the land is after the Man City game. We'll, we'll touch base with you again. We'll not do both games because a lot can change in the space of a game. We'll maybe do the Man City prediction on Twitter. But uh, for the sake of the Liverpool game, I mean, what are we saying? What are your predictions? Score predictions for the Liverpool game. And we'll come to you, Monsieur Gray. Gray, what do you reckon the, the score is going to be against Liverpool? If we concede for against Leicester, I dread to think what it's going to be against Liverpool. It's going to be close to a cricket score. Yeah, it's it's many nil. Yeah. Gun to your head, what do you reckon? You're going to say six, aren't you? God. Five, one. <laughs> Ooh. Five, one. That's actually what I was going to go for. Hodgie, Hodgie what do you reckon the score is going to be against Liverpool? Three nil, Liverpool. 3-0. I think fucking Leicester are smacking us around four. Liverpool. Oh. I'm going to go 6-2 to <laughs> Liverpool. Fucking hell. We're not going to score, We're going to score two hell. goals. Who's scoring our two goals? Joe Linton Brace. <laughs> J7 Brace. J7 Brace, yeah, at, uh, at Anfield Day. <laughs> I mean, if we can if we can keep it below keep it below three, I think we're laughing. Something to build on <laughs> for our next game against Man City. <laughs> It'll probably be even fucking worse, but we've got all of that to look forward to over the next week. A lot of games in a short space of time as well. Be a real test of Eddie Howe's new fitness regime for the bunch of fatties we've got playing for Newcastle United. Well, yes, on that uh, on that nice cheery note, it's probably a good opportunity for us to wrap up this week's potty. Let's do the social links. So you can find us on Twitter at TOTT Podcast. You can find us on Facebook by searching for Talk of the Tune Podcast. Hodgie, where can you find us on Instagram? I don't know what you think it is. You need to learn this. T O T T underscore podcast. Yeah. yeah. Find us on Instagram <laughs> at T O T T underscore podcast. You can email us at info at T O T T podcast.co.uk. We'd really appreciate if you give us a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us a five star rating. We are officially Newcastle's best fan led podcast, according to our mams. So we'd love it if you could. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Mum doesn't really even know what this exists, man. Wait, Gray, didn't your mum give us a four-star review on Apple Podcasts? <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> yeah, she, did. She, didn't, she doesn't know what she's doing, man. <laughs> Thanks for that, Rain. Thank you. But yes, that's it for this week. We will... The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. 
Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you in the next one where we are probably (laughs) going to be super miserable. Thanks very much, guys. I'll speak to you in a bit. Bye. Bye.